Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Are you a lifelong fan of General Hospital? Are you a new fan who wants to know more about the history of the show? Do you enjoy talking about the show with others? Do you find yourself yelling at the TV? Is your self-care an hour a day in Port Charles? If so, we invite you to join hosts Amanda Kimmel and Shannon Coach at the place where all the hidden conversations take place and secrets are revealed. Meet us at Pier 54, the podcast. Hi. Hello, welcome to the July 18th Port Charles 411 episode. Today we are going to wrap up the Scorpio Brothers. Last week, Amanda shared with us the history of Robert Scorpio. And this week, I'm going to talk about Max Scorpio. So, buckle up, Buttercup. Intrigue me. I'll try. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) See, Robert started out with a lot of history in the beginning, and then he, like, fizzled out. So I want Mac to be the opposite for me to keep me entertained. Well, so, like, you have a major problem with Mac. Can you just talk to us about that a little (laughs) bit before we dive in? I've said it a thousand times. He has no backbone, and that just bothers me. But did you ever like him? Because you kind of said, like, when he was a cop, you respected him more. Right. I... I mean, I liked him, but he's never been one of my favorite characters. Okay. And then as time has gone on and he's gotten older, he's just gotten more and more doormat. Okay. Like, just walk all over me, whatever you need. I don't care. I've always liked Mac. I think he's a little weird now. Like, I think he's very wishy-washy, especially doing the research for this. I did watch some YouTube videos, and he was kind of a tough guy. Yes. Like, I mean, he used keep, to kill people. Right. We keep talking about Maxie and her whining about Dante needing to come back and all that. Back in the day, Mac would have been like, oh, no, and put her in right. place instantly. And now he's like, well, whatever, honey, if you're upset, I'm so sorry. Right. It's I just don't like it. Like, I mean, I don't like my men to be jerks, but I like them to be manly and like take a stance. And again, he was passionate about his police career and he just let it all fizzle out because Felicia didn't like it. And I don't like that. So there is, that's not entirely everything that happened. Okay. Enlighten me. We are, we are misremembering that. Okay, all right. But the one thing that I just want to point out that 
was mentioned about his past was that he used to be a mercenary, which according to Wikipedia is sometimes known as a soldier of fortune, who is an individual who takes part in military conflict for personal profit is otherwise an outsider to the conflict and is not a member of another official military. They fight for money or other forms of payment rather than for political interest. Isn't that kind of like a reinforcer? Yeah. So what's his problem with Jason? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mac, you're a little hypocritical here, dude. Because <laughs> I'm reading that and I'm like, okay, I know. If you tell me like he's a mercenary, like I'm going to know it. But I was like, no, no, no. What's the definition? Here? Yeah. And when I read that, I was like, no. All right. So do you know what Mac is short for? No. Malcolm. Oh, okay. Did not know that. No. Scorpio. Okay. So one of my favorite things though was in the nineties. Do you remember the nineties opening credits when it ended with him just looking up? Yes. That was fun. (laughs) (laughs) Just throwing that out there. Okay. (laughs) I remember I was like, Ooh, okay. So anyway, Max Scorpio (laughs) is a fictional character (laughs) on the ABC soap general hospital. I am reading this from General Hospital Fandom. I will also probably be going to soapcentral.com. Soap.shenos.com is a new one that I found. Oh, nice. ABC Soaps in Depth. They just did a an article on July 2nd. Everything you need to know about Max Scorpio in General Hospital. If it was anything like all you need to know about Robert Scorpio, it was too much of an overview. I read that first thinking they had done all my homework for me. Yeah. And it really didn't explain the storyline the way that Wikipedia did. Like it jumped so much that I was like, I don't know who half these people are. And unless it's, you know, yeah, someone that's really been watching it for the past 56 years, they're not going to know who these people are either. So, Well, that's a big part of it is that a lot of the people from the past are not I mean, obviously from the past, but like James Meadows and Tess and James, like, do you remember those names? No. First of all, I think that we need to send the writers a baby book name, a baby name book. Right. Because we use a lot of the same (laughs) names and I'm like Cameron for us, but there was a Cameron in the Mm -hmm. Mm seventies. Well, that was like, come on guys, Robert, when I was reading Robert's information and it referred to Tiffany at first, I thought (gasps) I was going to ask you, is that two Tiffany's? Yeah. It's two different. Oh my God. What? But then there's another Tiffany. Sean. You just said, oh, no, no, no. You didn't mean Sean Butler. No, not Sean Butler. Yeah. Sean. But again, two Sean's. Yes. Yeah. Sean from back in the day. I love Sean. What the heck? I know his name. I just said it. Sean Conley. Sean Conley and his wife, Tiffany. I loved them. And that is what makes me mad about, this is totally off topic, but real quick. The penthouse that Jason brought Michael home to yes. was on the left side of the hallway. And that was and now Sean's on the right. penthouse. Okay. And now it's on the right. Why is that? I don't know. I know they do building remodels, but they don't shift what side of the hallway no, your penthouse sure is on. They sure don't. Interesting. I hope one day that we're able to ask <laughs> the writers these questions they will not answer us because we have so many questions that they're gonna be like why does that even matter to you right but it does it makes me mad because when we were reviewing all of the jason and michael stuff the other day and yeah looked at the youtube videos i was like that the penthouse is on the wrong side that's sean's penthouse because i had like a secret room back in the back and that was how he like connected to the wsb okay from his penthouse so anyway i liked sean and tiffany but that was a different Tiffany than who Robert was originally with. And it's a different Sean than what you're thinking of. Right. So yeah, and they were in the right house on the left. Exactly. Okay. You need, they need a baby book. I agree with you. Yes. Lots of different names, guys. <laughs> Just even maybe use some of the actors names. 
Yeah. As their names on the show. Right. I mean, that wouldn't kill them. But so Mac, <laughs> he has also only been portrayed by one actor. Oh, good. That does make John me York. And he debuted on Valentine's Day, February 14th, 1991. And he oh, is, so he's a lot yeah. younger <laughs> than Robert. You know what I, don't I mean? No, like younger, newer, but yeah. he's definitely newer. newer. That's a big difference. So if you go onto YouTube and watch the day that he came on, there was the one thing that the show used to do is a lot more outside. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're on the water. They're mm-hmm. on the docks and there's protesters and they're protesting something and I don't know what, but it's the SS Tracy. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. Okay, go ahead. Okay. So... It's a ship owned by the Quartermain. Uh-huh. And the ship was having trouble docking into the Port Charles Harbor due to engine problems, as well as protesters causing a scene. Well, the ship caught on fire after an explosion and Mac jumped into the water and he was dragged out by the police commissioner, Robert Scorpio, Mac's older brother. And it was funny because he picked him up. And then the second he saw like who it was, he threw him back in the water. <laughs> so... They did not get along. No. The pair came face to face after many years of estrangement. And you mentioned that Robert was very hostile to Mac and called him a killer as well as having, as well as accusing him of having something to do with the engine's problems. Does it explain why he thought that he had something to do with him killing their parents? Yes. Oh, okay. So Mac's problems with Robert got worse when several attempts on Robert's life were made and Robert accused Mac of being behind the death threats. When Robert was critically wounded after someone threw a plastic explosive into his office, Mac was labeled the prime suspect. It is so hard to look at them now and think that Mac would have been... Right. First of all, that Mac would even be accused of murder. Although, after his throwdown with Chase and... So we are recording this on July 8th, so if anything's happened in the past week and a half that we don't know... Uh, Chase and Michael. Mm-hmm. He showed his authority. Yes, see, that and we you liked are, him. are used to. See, yes. and you liked him so much well, better. Need that a little dominance, exactly. you know. Can't have me too, with you guys. Yep. So, <laughs> Robert was critically yeah. So Mac was labeled the prime suspect when Mac went to see his brother in the ICU. Robert's lover Anna knocked him down to stop him from going in Robert's room. They love each other. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on. Anna found a knife in Mac's boot and assumed that he came there to do his brother harm. And Mac was arrested and charged with attempted murder. He hired Scotty Baldwin to Uh, represent him. And it was later learned that the brother's estrangement was due to Mac and Robert's parents. And this is something you didn't mention that I don't know if it was in your research. And Robert's fiance. Oh, no. Guess what her name was? Oh, geez. Lily uh, died after being killed in a plane crash. How would that be Mac's fault? Yeah. So Mac was flying it. Oh, okay. (laughs) You kind of held out there for a second, Shannon. I'm like, Mac was supposedly being careless and showing off to impress their father with his piloting skills, which we, I didn't know that Mac would I fly. I didn't know either. And the plane crashed. Mac went to get help for the seriously injured Robert. Robert assumed Mac had left to save himself. Robert was rescued by someone else, and Mac returned to find no trace of Robert. So I'm assuming that all of them were on the plane together. Mm-hmm. But again, we have a Lily who's dying in an accident. Mm-hmm. Who's a fiance. Well, no, Lily was a wife. Mm-hmm. Lily was Honey's wife. So, yep. But still, guys. Was she pregnant too? Because that would just call her right into the same story. Then. I don't know. It doesn't say. I'm going to assume not. But why does so Mac's stuff say that his fiance, di- that Robert's fiance died, but Robert's stuff doesn't? Yeah. No, okay. it just said his parents' death. Never mentioned fiance. Yeah. Mac managed to escape from jail when an earthquake hit Fort Charles. Because that happens. <laughs> Robert found Mac trying to leave town on the next ship heading out of Port Charles. They had a fight on which, in which Robert knocked Mac out overboard. Mac was 
later presumed dead when no body was found. There wasn't any appearance of Mac in the water. Robert was guilt-ridden, thinking that he killed his brother. And later, Robert was led into a trap. He came face-to-face with Mac in the Finger Lakes area of New York, and they eventually came to the conclusion that they were set up by someone who hired Mac to come to town. Robert was shot. Mac helped him get to a community clinic for medical attention, and Mac donated blood to give Robert a needed transfusion after losing a lot of blood. Aw, brotherly love. Yes. And I think that this is one of the episodes that I watched and it was actually, hold on, let me see if they talk about it in another, all right, I'm not going to go looking all over the place, but they had guns drawn on each other. Okay. Mac just like flicks up real quick and shoots. And there's some guy hanging out in the tree that was going to shoot Robert. Oh. And Mac killed him. His name was Rory. So I don't know. It's, it, it could be mentioned further down. I'm just not going to go talking about I'm not going to go reading it right now. And if we get to it, I've already done it. But I think that's when. Okay. So he saved his life. And then they went to get the transfusion and all that, you know. So they patched up their differences and explained what happened to each other when they lost their parents in the crash. Robert convinced Mac to head back to Port Charles and clear his name. Mac confessed his crimes and Robert revealed the name of the person who had hired him. Anna Matt managed to find the brothers after they had escaped from county jail and the trio hid out in a mansion in the Finger Lakes from a local sheriff who didn't believe Robert and Mac's story regarding the death of Rory. Mm-hmm. See, it says the death of Rory, but it, Rory was not you. mentioned. Right. So if I had not seen that on YouTube, yeah, the one thing that drives me the most insane is when someone starts talking about something and does not identify the subject of the conversation. I agree. When they say, oh, that didn't happen. And I'm like, what didn't happen? <laughs> not, oh, have you seen this show that didn't happen? You know, oh, mm. <laughs> identify your subject before you use pronouns. Okay. <laughs> The woman who leave, lived there, Dominique Tobe or Tob? Tob. Tob, okay. Invited them to stay, and she took a shine to Mac right away. Monique turned out to be deaf and very married, and Mac was very attracted to her and eventually hit her in Port Charles from her abusive husband. Back in Port Charles, Mac opened a new club called The Outback. Totally forgot about it. Mm. Dominique's childhood nanny, who had only recently arrived, was murdered opening night. What? So many murders happen at opening night because it wasn't there a murder on the opening night of the haunting star, haunted star too, mm-hmm. or you know whatever. Dawn was charged with her nanny's murder, and her husband managed to obtain legal guardianship of her. Mac got beat up trying to help Dom escape, and Dom's husband carted her off to make her an heir. All these heirs. Dom escaped back to Port Charles, only to be hit by a car and found <laughs> once again. Mac helped her stage her suicide and made plans to flee the country with her. While in hiding, Dom refused to make love to Mac due to flashbacks of her abusive of the abuse she suffered at the hands of her husband. Caught once again, Dom was put into a sanitarium where Mac secretly visited her. Her therapist informed them that Dom would need lots of therapy before she would be capable of a real relationship with Mac. While Dom worked on getting better, Mac helped Robert and Anna in their fight against the cartel. Mac, Robert, Anna, and Bill finally defeated the cartel and members were sent to prison. Dominique was finally free. Okay, it, no. Bill Eckert. Ah, again, I had to hover over the hyperlink to see that it says Bill Eckert. Dominique was finally free to be with Mac after her husband, a member of the cartel, was killed while escaping from prison. Mac taught her a man can be gentle and kind, and they fell in love. Aww. Mac's relationship with Dominique became strained later, however, when Mac was informed that his brother, Robert, was killed in a boat explosion after trying to save Anna. Why would that strain his relationship? <laughs> I don't know. Well, okay, but depression, grief. Maybe, You know, sure. you push people away. 
Mac had agreed to take care of his niece, Robin, when Robert had left to find Anna. And now Mac was Robin's guardian. All this time, he didn't allow all this time with her didn't allow him to focus on Dominique very much. So Mac broke up with Dominique when he realized he couldn't love her in the way that she wanted him to. No, I'm not making the puppy dog face that you are because no, he she, felt like he couldn't but love if her. She actually loved him. If someone feels like they cannot give you what you need, you can't convince him. But she him. should have told him that it was okay. Well, she probably did. All right. All right. So then Mac found himself using his skills as a PI when Felicia Jones returned to town under mysterious circumstances suffering from amnesia. He hired her as a bartender at the Outback and helped her unravel the mystery behind her nightmares of witnessing a murder. Guess who it is? Who, who is? Who the murderer is? Ryan. Yes. Mac admitted to having feelings for Felicia, and they started dating. When Felicia remembered that she had seen Ryan Chamberlain kill a woman in Texas, she stabbed Ryan in a struggle. Mac found her standing over his unconscious body. Felicia was charged with attempted murder and sentenced to a term in a mental hospital. Mac rescued her. They went on the run from the law, and they began digging into Ryan's past and faked Felicia's death to throw Ryan off their trail. After discovering Ryan had committed several murders, they tried to get Ryan to confess to them on tape, and eventually Ryan was apprehended and convicted of the murder. Mac and Felicia became closer than ever, and they tried to fight off their attraction to no avail. They agreed to go slowly and just date. Mac fell in love with her, and he asked her to marry him in the middle of trying to catch and escape Ryan. She said no at first due to their fail due to her failed relationship with Frisco. But after being nearly killed by Ryan, Felicia realized that she loved Mac and proposed to him. And he said yes. They celebrated by making love for the first time. So they hadn't even done it. Well, that's good. That's sweet. Slow and steady. While they planned their wedding, they became partners in a private investigation business. Their wedding was ruined when Ryan escaped from the mental hospital and assumed his twin brother, Kevin's identity. (laughs) That will ruin it. He went to the church with a bomb. Mac struggled with him to get it away, and Mac was injured, and they had to postpone their wedding. However, the wedding never happened. Felicia's young daughter, Maxie, was very sick and needed a heart transplant. Mm -hmm. Mac found Maxie's father, Frisco, in Africa and convinced him to return to Port Charles in case his daughter died. Sweet Mac. Yeah. Like, he went That was nice. Yeah, it was. And Mac saw Felicia, still had unresolved feelings for Frisco, Mac broke up with her, but the two remained best friends. Mac was upset when Felicia informed him that she was pregnant with Frisco's baby. However, Mac accepted Georgie, Georgie instantly and loved her, loved both her daughters like a father. Mac became romantically involved with Catherine Bell, mm-hmm. who was different from Mac in many ways. They broke up two months later when Lucy informed Mac and Damien that Catherine had been seeing both of them. Lucy was Damien. Re- that's another name, right? That we have too many of, <laughs> right? Lucy was retaliating. No, you're fine. (laughs) Lucy was retaliating for Kevin and Mac dressing in drag in order to prove that Madame Maya, Luki's psychic, was a fake. Catherine sweet-talked Mac into giving her a second chance. And that was just 91 to 92? Wow. (laughs) Holy cow. So then in 93 to 98... I might need two weeks for Mac. <laughs> right. He is way more interesting than Mac and Robert. Robin began butting heads over her new flame stone Kate's because remember he still had custody yep. of her. Mac wasn't pleased. Stone lived with local mobster, Sonny Corinthos. After Robin gloated to Mac about sleeping with stone, despite his attempts to prevent it, Felicia suggests that Robin should go on the pill. Robin slept with stone without using a condom. And when stone complained of severe headaches and a cold that wouldn't go away, Kevin ordered blood tests <laughs> 
No. So the tests revealed that Stone was HIV positive. Although I guess that does make sense if he's a psychiatrist and he was having headaches and everything. But wouldn't you go to a neurologist? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, anyway. a psychiatrist would refer you to neurology. They wouldn't actually run the Right. But why would he go to see a psychiatrist first? I don't think he did go see a psychiatrist. Well, Kevin's that, ordering stuff. So well, that's yep. kind of like Lucas will treat his own mother. Correct. Yes. <laughs> the tests received revealed that Stone was HIV positive and Stone couldn't bring himself to tell Robin until he got shot and she attempted to help him. At the hospital, okay, do we, okay, yeah, we do. At the hospital, Alan persuaded Robin to be tested as well and she was negative. Alan told Stone that he had advanced AIDS and started him on drug therapy immediately. Afraid of infecting her, Stone refused to sleep with Robin anymore. When Robin finally told Mac that Stone had AIDS and they had unprotected sex, Mac was very angry and scared. He eventually did warm up to Stone, and when Mac threw Robin a surprise party, the guest presented Stone with a memory book that she had initiated. And in the book were several letters written by Stone's friend and a touching one for Mac. And as Stone's health failed, Alan discovered that he had lymphoma. Stone chose to forego treatment, and his friends rallied around him during his last few weeks of life. Near the end, Stone made Robin get tested again, and this time the test revealed that Robin had is HIV positive. Mac was very loving and supportive of her. Stone was de- devastated and screamed out in frustration. Mac and Sonny took turns watching over the ailing couple, and Stone died quietly a few days later. And at the memorial service, it was held at Sonny's penthouse, and at the annual nurses' ball, Mac had an AIDS memorial quilt made in Stone's memory, which we talked about during the nurses' ball. Mac used Catherine as an informant against Damien, and later helped her clear to be clear of Damien's murder. Isn't that this? No, that was, um, that's not the same guy that Monica had. That was Pierce Dorman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Monica had an affair with a guy named Pierce Dorman, just so you know. <laughs> Convinced Damien was alive, Mac, Luke, and Kevin headed to Texas to find him. Damien was killed in the fire at the Ward House. Catherine was not happy when Mac began spending more time with Felicia in the aftermath of Felicia stalking by Kevin. But this is when Kevin is quote-unquote Ryan, right? Mm, I think so. Okay. The way that read, yeah. Things got worse when the pair got worse between the pair when Jax's first wife, Miranda, showed up in town. Miranda and Mac had lived together in Australia. Because everyone in Australia knows. Yes. Working for the Jax family, Mac had set off an explosion. He used to work for the Jax family Mm. in Australia. Thought that she had died in it. So Mac was responsible for the explosion that Miranda supposedly died in that disfigured her, which is why she let Jax think that she was dead. Yeah. Yes. So then Mac proposed to Catherine, but she turned him down. <laughs> Felicia comforted Mac as a friend, and they grew closer through several difficult, different adventures. Mac had a hard time accepting Robin's next boyfriend, Jason Morgan. Jason also worked for Sonny, and Robin eventually went away to school. Mac became the police commissioner after seeing police corruption get out of hand. He also found himself involved in a case with his best friend, Felicia. Felicia took on a case of a woman named Tess who was hired to find her missing husband who left her years ago. Felicia noticed the man looked identical to Mac in the picture Tess showed her. Mac was later kidnapped by Tess, but managed to escape to find out what Tess's plan was for him. He was being set up to take the fall for the assassination of his old foe, Jasper Dex. Tess was apprehended. Mac and Felicia, however, had their own predicament. Felicia had accepted a marriage proposal from the fake Mac, James Meadows. So was he a twin? I don't remember this James Meadows guy. I don't remember that either. Okay, we're going to have to look into that. All of their friends were so happy for them, and they couldn't tell them that the engagement was a lie. 
They eventually found themselves in love with each other after having to pretend they were engaged. Mac professed his love to Felicia at the altar of their double wedding with Kevin and Lucy. Oh, my God. Yep. They had planned on calling off their wedding and telling their friends the truth. Instead, Lucy and Kevin called off their wedding. So Mac and Felicia got hitched. Felicia shared the whole story involving Tess, James, and the fake engagement with the congregation before exchanging the vows from the heart with Mac. They celebrated with their family and then flew off to... France? Yes, Paris! <laughs> for their honeymoon. From 98 to 2002, Mac and Felicia's marriage was happy for the first year or so. And then Mac was wounded at a shootout at the Outback, but then he later recovered. Mm-hmm. But then Felicia started writing Lila Quartermain's memoirs. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? I do. And she enlisted Luke Spencer, who was grieving over his son's death, to help her. This is when Lucky was dead. Yep. <laughs> when was dead. This is, yes. <laughs> Go ahead. Mac trusted Felicia when she was working with Luke on her book. But he I don't remember have. why Luke, because I know Lila loved Luke. Yeah. You know, but I don't remember why Luke was chosen to help with it. Or was it just a project to help him with grief? I think it was just a project to okay. help him with grief. Because, I mean, he knew the ins and outs of all the different families. But I feel like she could have got that information at the local library. <laughs> she didn't need to. Yeah. Or from Lila. Or any of the Quartermains. True. You know, so after he rescued them, okay, Mac trusted Felicia when she was working with Luke on her book. After he rescued them from being locked together in a crypt, he warned Luke to stay away from his wife. However, Felicia continued to work with Luke and lied to Mac about it. Don't lie to your spouse, Mm -hmm. especially about doing a project with a member of the opposite sex or potentially same sex. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Just don't lie to your spouse. Mac also had to deal with the return of his en- brother's enemy, Cesar Fizan, who was very much alive after all. Cesar wanted revenge on Mac, and after months of taunting Mac by approaching his loved ones, Fazon kidnapped Felicia. Both Luke and Mac went looking for her. Luke managed to find her first, but ended up becoming captive as well. So trapped together, Felicia and Luke nearly made love, but stopped before anything actually happened. I hate when they use the phrase made love when that is straight up lust. <laughs> It is. It is. It is. And I didn't like them together. That is weird. And I didn't like Luke with Anna either. That was weird to me. Right. But we can talk about that when we talk about Luke. Ooh. We have a lot of people. We have a lot. <laughs> we really do. Luke's going to be like a month-long series. The duo remained... Okay. How to do to do Oh, they stopped before anything happened. However, they didn't realize that Faison taped their encounter. Oh, and Max soon rescued them. And the duo remained mum about what nearly happened. But Faison sent the letter to Mac... At Christmas time in 1999, Mac was devastated by the video and he eventually confronted Felicia about it and he left her. But then Good. he forgave her. No! And the two agreed to save their marriage. Mac took another blow when Felicia went back on her promise to stay away from Luke mm-hmm. and left town to help him find his son. Yeah. Mac was fed up and filed divorce papers as well as custody papers for custody of Maxie and Georgie. He later dropped the custody battle and proceeded just with the divorce. Mac found himself letting his bias interfere with his job and he railroaded Luke into a murder charge knowing the evidence was very circumstantial at best. Mac also missed Felicia terribly while she was on vacation with her girls. He agreed to give their marriage a chance after all when Felicia said that she still loved him. However, it didn't last and Felicia took the stand when it looked like Luke could be found guilty of murdering Stefan. Felicia testified that she was in a motel with Luke and made love to him the night that Stefan was murdered. Quote, murdered. Dun, dun, dun. Mac was devastated and he was also humiliated when Stefan showed up alive and well in PC. And that is why Mac resigned as the police commissioner went back to private investigating. Because he was embarrassed that Stefan was murdered, but he was actually alive. But it was still Felicia's fault. 
Eh. I think that if he found out that Stefan was alive and not dead anyway, he would be embarrassed. Well, yeah, he would be embarrassed. But Felicia it clouded his judgment because okay. of all the Luke stuff. So he wasn't paying attention to the details as well as he normally would have. So it's her fault. Okay. I just I, I will let you I, have your opinion. I don't. I just don't like. I don't like Felicia. Yeah, I didn't I just, like that she cheated on him and kept going back. And kept yeah. Going back. Like, if you're done, be done. Cheating's never right. But if you cheat once and you're done, then be done. Like, okay, fine. You don't keep telling the person, oh, hey, I love you, and then hooking up with the other person on the side. Right. Because that's how they end up wasting 12 years of their life. Correct. <laughs> so then, Mac resigned up police commissioner, went back to private investigating. However, after realizing he still loved Felicia, he vowed that he would win her back from Luke. And he soon realized that she was in love with Luke by then. Felicia tried to have a deeper relationship with Luke and Luke was too wrapped up in other things to notice. Heartbroken, Felicia took the girls to Texas for a while. That's Mm -hmm. when she was staying with her mom, right? Yep. Or her grandma. Her grandma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Grandma. Mac found himself returning to his police commissioner job again in the midst of the investigation into Sorrell's murder, which we did not talk about anywhere before that sentence. (laughs) There were several suspects in the murder of Joseph Sorrell, several of whom stepped forward. They did use whom correctly. Stepped forward to (laughs) implicate someone else. As the case developed, several twists and turns, Mac asked Felicia to help him figure out the identity of the murderer. And after gathering all the suspects in an old mansion and eliminating them one by one, Mac and Felicia figured out that Sorrell's angel daughter's a- Sorrell's daughter Angel had killed Sorrell. They went to a restaurant at the lake house. Jax, Sonny, Carly, and Angel had arranged for Carly and Angel to switch places and fool the cops. By the time Mac got to the house, Jax had already gone gotten Angel onto a plane and headed out of the country. As the spencer Cassidyne war came to a boiling point. Gia tried to get Mac to arrest Stavros, Lucian Kane. He refused since she had recently cried wolf on several occasions. When Helena and Stavros were finally defeated in her underground lab, Mac was right there to arrest Helena. Mm-hmm. To everyone's dismay, Mac was not able to find any evidence of Helena's latest evil actions, including bringing Stavros back to life. When Helena doubled, Helena doubled over in pain in her cell after a visit from Luke, Mac tried to convince him she was really sick and scheduled for surgery. He warned Luke to stay away from her. Helena later escaped. Mac butted heads with Luke on how to handle looking for her. Luke caught Helena and brought her back to the cops. Mac even allowed Luke to accompany Helena to prison and make sure she didn't escape again. And Mac tried to look out for Felicia by warning her against a relationship with Roy DeLuca who had recently made moves towards becoming a mobster. Mm. She asked Mac to help her trace a briefcase full of cash, which had shown up in Roy's apartment. And she also told Mac... That's not suspicious at all. No, exactly. (laughs) And she also told Mac that she could handle things with Roy. As Luke and Laura prepared for their upcoming wedding, the anniversary wedding, Laura began having flashbacks of a night long ago in the garage attic of her home, which belonged to the Scorpios now. Ah, right. So when a fire broke out in the garage attic while Maxie was watching Lulu. (laughs) Okay. Oh my gosh. Maxie babysat Lulu. (laughs) Mac yelled at Maxie for putting Lulu in danger. He discovered the fire had been deliberately set. We'll have to look at that. Yeah. We'll have to do a whole thing on their, their, um, friendship yeah he discovered that the fire had been deliberately set luke wanted mac to ask scott what he knew about it luke claimed that scott had been acting weird and wondered why scott had been at the scene had been first on the scene mac had no evidence to validate luke's suspicions 
and Luke continued into looking Luke continued to look into the incident of long ago when Rick Weber, Laura's adoptive father, turned up dead due to a drunk driving accident. Mac and Scott knew right away it was a setup. And although they believed Lucky and Nicholas were responsible for moving the body, they thought Luke had actually killed Rick in the attic. And when Luke and Laura returned to the attic a few weeks later, Mac arrested Luke. Scott had Laura admitted to the hospital for mental evaluation. And we talked about that during the Webbers. Yes. 2002 to 2004, Mac had to had a murder to investigate when Luis Alcazar was thrown from the hotel balcony. Was thrown from his hotel balcony. Alcazar, Alcazar an international arms dealer, had come to town a few months earlier with Brenda, who had not perished in the car crash years earlier. Alcazar wanted to eliminate Brenda's past loves, Sonny and Jax, so that he could have her for himself. She refused to be with him and resumed a relationship with Jax. After crashing her surprise party at the Quartermains, Alcazar had left before Mac arrested him for trespassing and was later killed. Mac arrested Jason after AJ claimed to have seen Jason driving Alcazar's limo that night. Sky claimed to have seen Brenda actually push Alcazar off the balcony. As Mac took Sky's statement about seeing Brenda kill Alcazar, he realized she was drunk at the time and wanted to get back at Brenda for stealing Jax away from her because Sky was a drinker. Scott was also desperate to pin the murder on any of Sonny's associates. He planted a bug in the interrogation room and Mac found it and took it out. Mac then told Scotty that he would not tolerate Scott's illegal antics and, you know, it's just weird, in solving Alcazar's murder. Mac tried to help, and this is when Scotty was the DA, right? Mm-hmm. And he was, because he was a dirty DA. Oh, yeah. Mac tried to help solve the case by reenacting the events of the evening to get Brenda to remember more and disprove Jax's recent confession, because apparently Jax confessed to it. No new leads emerged. Mac went to arrest Brenda at the Quartermain holiday party. Brenda and Jax eluded Mac when the lights went out. The Quartermains refused to point him in the right direction. Felicia later pursued Mac to give her the location of the witness Scott had found, who stated that she had seen Brenda kill Alcazar. And since Mac believed Brenda's innocence, he agreed to help Felicia, who was clearly working to clear Brenda and Jason of the murder. Brenda and Jason were later cleared by the real killer, who turned out to be Alexis Davis. Mm-hmm. When Felicia went to... She's in therapy for that, though. Okay. Yes. When Felicia <laughs> went to Texas to take care of her ailing grandmother, Mariah, and that is Maxie's middle name. Yep. Maximilia Mariah Jones. Mac became the primary parent of Maxie and Georgie's lives. Mac had his hands full with Maxie. <laughs> Things <laughs> haven't changed. Had his hands full raising three daughters with no parents around. Three teenage daughters. <laughs> she acted like the typical part of a rebellious teenager, going to parties and drinking. Mac tried to break up party Maxie had thrown at the house and announced that he was moving in to keep a better eye on them. Oh, so they were on their own? Mac managed to break up the party Maxie tried to throw at their house and announced that he was moving in to keep a better eye on them. So he wasn't living with them at the time. He just decided to move in. And when Maxie went to a party and slept with Kyle, one of the most popular guys at school, she didn't realize their encounter was being broadcast on the internet. Mm. Mac found out about it and was investigating a tip about a porn site featuring PC high kids. And he saw Red when he realized he was watching Maxie. Oh, that's uncomfortable. Yeah. When Mac confronted Maxie about confronted Maxie and demanded to know who the boy was, she wouldn't tell him. Maxie nearly died of a drug overdose. Mac blamed Jason and Sonny for the recent influx of drugs in Port Charles. And after Jason convinced him that they weren't responsible, Mac told Jason he'd be willing to look the other way if Jason wanted to kill the responsible party. Wow. Soon, Georgie. Yeah, but he still doesn't like him. Right. But he's going to be okay when it... Yep. Yep. You can do this one murder free of charge. The rest I have to take care of. Yeah. Soon Georgie was giving Mac headaches as well by dating Dylan Quartermain. 
And fed up with the lack of warmth from his family, Dylan wanted to run away and convince Georgie to go with him. When Mac found out that Georgie was gone, he tracked the pair to a motel and barged in to find them kissing. He was livid. He arrested Dylan and then released him. Was he uh, was he an adult? Was he 18 and Georgie was a minor? I didn't think so. For him to arrest him, possibly. It must have like he must have. It, it must have been like been 18, eighteen and like eighteen and fifteen and a half or sixteen. Yeah, who knows? However, he wanted the pair to stay away from each other, and Dylan found himself stuck with a job for Lorenzo Alcazar. Georgie convinced him to tell convinced him to all tell all to Mac in an attempt to prove his worthiness to date Georgie. Instead, Mac told Dylan. His recent partnership with Alcazar was a good reason for him to stay away from Georgie. And when he caught Dylan the next morning in Georgie's room, he threw him out and then attempted to warn Georgie of the dangers of sex. She assured him she wasn't sleeping with Dylan. When Georgie rented a room a few weeks later at the Port Charles Hotel in order to have a romantic evening of lovemaking with Dylan, Mac interrupted and had a heart-to-heart with Georgie. He told her that he wanted what was best for her. And shaken by Mac's loving words, Georgie, Georgie postponed her night of passion with Dylan. While dealing with his kids, which yeah. is just so sweet. Exactly. Mac silently kept the criminal element in line in Port Charles. He investigated Carly's kidnapping by Rick Lansing and then Rick's disappearance. When a raid on a drug shipment went sour, a shootout between the cops and mob ensued. One of the cops was shot, Faith Roscoe, mm-hmm. later named Xander as the shooter. Desperate, Xander went on the run. Mac didn't realize that Maxie was hiding Xander in her room. Do you remember that? Yes. Mac managed to get to Xander. Maxie managed to get Xander into the basement of the Port Charles Hotel and promised to get the cash he needed to flee the country. However, Nicholas found Xander first, knocked him out, and called the cops to come arrest him. Mac went to arrest Xander with another officer. Unaware, a fire had broken out in the electrical room where Xander was hiding. Mac opened the door. He was caught in the backdraft and suffered severe burns. When Maxie found out what happened to Mac, she went to his bedside and confessed that she had been hiding Xander. And when Georgie was finally rescued from the fire and arrived at the hospital, Maxie tearfully informed her of Mac's condition. Dylan supported Georgie as she went to see a badly burned Mac. The sisters continued to worry about Mac's condition as it only seemed to get worse. Tracy kept lurking around, spouting false sympathies in hopes that the girls would not hold the Quartermains, who owned the hotel, responsible for Mac's condition. Georgie finally told Tracy off. Hmm? And Felicia returned while Mac was hospitalized. To resume her role of mother. Oh, now that's convenient. Uh Uh-huh. She supported her daughters in their grief over Mac. Well, that was nice of her. Thank you. And sat by Mac's bedside. She urged him to get better. And Felicia learned that Mac had disappeared from the hospital. She found him at Mercy Hospital, labeled (laughs) with a John Doe name tag. She vowed to unravel the mystery of his transfer. And when Mac awoke, he asked Felicia to just let this mystery go and focus on her family. But Felicia wondered what had happened. Mercy. Yep. Good old Mercy Hospital. Okay, this is shorter. I had no idea. I just saw that they had the tabs and I was like, all right, they've always been reliable before. We'll just yeah. go with that. Okay. So 2004 to 2017, Mac along with Maxie and Robin were shocked when they found out that Georgie was strangled by the text message killer. Felicia comes back to town for the funeral. Maxie does not want her at the funeral. Maxie blames Felicia for leaving her as well as Mac and Georgie to find Frisco. The text message killer was revealed as Georgie's ex-boyfriend, Diego Alcazar, who was later killed. He is seen on the now-defunct weekly primetime spinoff General Hospital Night Shift in a storyline revolving his brother, Robert Scorpio, battling cancer in 2008. So yeah, mm-hmm. that was completely on Night Shift. Okay. Mac also found out that Cesar Faison was alive and that he fooled everyone when he was wearing a Duke Lavery mask so he could get close to Anna. In 2012, Robin was killed in a lab. It says lad explosion, <laughs> no, but we lab. all know it was a lab. 
<laughs> but that's funny. A lad explosion. <laughs> but it turned out that she was alive and being held hostage by Jerry Jackson phase on, but her family still thinks she's dead except for Robert. And, but he fell into a coma before telling Anna. Mm-hmm. Maxie becomes a surrogate for Lulu and Dante, but she lost the baby, but she slept with Spinelli and is now pregnant with his child. He is fired. He, I am assuming we're going back to Matt here, <laughs> right? Is fired by Mayor Janice Lomax and eventually becomes the manager of the floating rip. So he was fired. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, he was. He starts deleting Felicia again. And Max's relationship with Felicia was tested when Frisco shows up back in town trying to win Felicia back. This was for the 50th anniversary when he he's saying, all I need. Mm. That was awesome. I do love Frisco. Yes. And Frisco told Felicia to meet him with Mac, said to Duke Lavery that he thinks Felicia was going to choose. Oh. Frisco told Felicia to meet him. Mac said to Duke Lavery that he thinks Felicia is going to choose Frisco. Frisco came back to the bar to have some words with Mac. Mac hits Frisco. Felicia tells them to stop. Frisco asks, who's it going to be? Felicia has a hard time choosing, so she said she'll give us some time. And at the nurse's ball, Mac said some harsh things about Frisco. And then Frisco sang to her after he asked Felicia to marry him, but she said no. Frisco left town. Felicia proposed to Mac. At the floating rib, Tracy Quartermain tries to sell her original recipe, but renamed pickle relish to Mac Scorpio. But Mac turns it down. That's the pickle Pickle lala thing to get them out of bankruptcy. He tells Felicia that the ring she found isn't hers. What ring? (laughs) And Maxie tells them it's Lulu's. He proposes to her with an engagement ring at the floating rib in May. They ask Duke and Anna to be in their wedding party. They have a karaoke surprise party in place of a bachelor bachelorette party. Duke is poisoned by Liesl Obrecht and leaving the wedding in a lurch. Maxie eventually concedes to be maid of honor and convinces Spinelli to be the best man. Lucy Coke presides over the wedding at the floating rib. And after a rude interruption by Richard Simmons, because that happens, (laughs) Mac and Felicia are once again husband and wife. Mac and Felicia spend the rest of 2013 helping Maxie out. They share their support by attending her court appearances. They attend Patrick's wedding to Sabrina. They are amazed to see Robin. And by the end of the year, they support Maxie when she leaves on her tour. That's when she left. But yeah. Mm -hmm. Beginning in 2014, Mac and Felicia are mainly seen supporting Lucy and Kevin. At the 2014 Nurses Ball, Epiphany destroys Mac's puppet. It doesn't say it, but it's Mr. Marbles. Yes, Mr. Marbles. Thank God. When Mac meets Levi, there is an instant dislike. Levi, the dude that Maxie brought back. Yeah. Yeah. At Maxie's wedding, Mac makes it clear that he would rather see Maxie with Nathan West. Afterward, it is revealed that Levi is a con man after Felicia's Aztec jewels. On August 14th, 2014, Levi takes Maxie and Lulu hostage and shoots Mac. January 17th, 2017, Mac walks Maxie down the aisle to marry Detective Nathan West. We miss Nathan. Yes. And it doesn't say anything in 2018. It just has a tab with nothing in it. So what the heck happened in 2018 to Mac? He's just been working at the floating rib. I feel like they're just kind of getting more on now. And the whole Like Ryan, he helped with the Ryan Chamberlain yeah. thing and everything. Ryan Chamberlain is the story for 1819. Yeah. So but that's pretty much it. But the real hot topic of Mac Scorpio is in 1991, he appeared with a thick Australian accent. <laughs> that was really bad. It was very bad. In, two, in 1992, it was kind of in and out. And in 1993, it seemed to be gone. But then in 94, it seemed to pop up again. And I didn't have enough time to just go through like every single year. (laughs) Every episode. But obviously now we know that he does not have an accent. Right. 
uh, John York is an American actor, mm-hmm. whereas Tristan Rogers is an Australian actor. Correct. There was an excellent interview on the That's Awesome podcast with Stephen Bradford where they interview John York. And he's like, yeah, they told me to do this accent. <laughs> and I tried, but it was so bad. They were just like, you can stop. <laughs> so... Well, that makes sense. So what happened to it then? Because the right, it was bad, but yeah. it didn't make any sense. And it just went away. Yeah. But I mean, within two years, it went away. So I don't know. But Mac has gotten a lot of story that I did not think I was going to be talking for this long. Yeah. But anything you want to say about Mr. Mac Scorpio? I'm glad he had some exciting times earlier. Well, now that he's back I, as commissioner, maybe. I, maybe. Will... Maybe I will like him more. Yeah. Maybe I will like him more. Because... I guess that's not fair. I judged that I liked Robert earlier years, like the earlier years I could remember. Mac, I'm judging on more recently. If I went back to the same time period, they both had some good storylines going on. But now I'm like more disappointed in Mac because I already was, all right, he's getting wimpy. But listen to all that good stuff that he used to do. Mm -hmm. Like the exciting stuff. And it was so all maybe, over stupid women. Like, come yeah. on. But now he's back as police commissioner, so maybe we'll see it. I, I think he's going to be the one to take down Shiloh. Yes. And that so, would be awesome. Yes. So, all right. So that is the history of the Scorpio brothers. Again, Amanda recapped Robert on last week's episode, July 8th. And you just heard all about Mac. So don't know what we're going to talk about next right. for our next Port Charles 411. Now we should put the poll back up of who's your favorite Scorpio brother. Oh, now that yeah. More information. Yeah. Who do you like better? Well, then I'll redo it. But yeah. Yeah, we'll let you know what the next 411's about as soon as we figure it out. Right. So until next week, have a good weekend. And we'll meet you at the pier. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed today's show, we invite you to go to pier54podcast.com to subscribe on your favorite platform. Don't forget to leave us a review. And you can also follow us on many social media channels. Just search for Peer 54 Podcast. Also, we are not perfect. So if there is something that we missed or messed up, just let us know by emailing us at peer54podcast at gmail.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.